Good morning, guys, and welcome to another episode of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Bexon. Today, we're going to be talking with Christina Garini, who you guys know that we've had on uh, a few times before. Uh, we're going to be talking about the digital nomad visa uh, and also the investor visa um, or type of residency, just to get an update of where we're at with that, just because it's kind of been a little bit quiet at the moment. Um, and I want to understand is kind of if you've made an investment of $150,000 in Costa Rica, what you can actually uh, whether you can apply for that visa or you have to wait till you've got $200,000. Uh, so good to get an update. And then also with the digital nomad visa, where are we at with that? But I want to say a big shout out to everybody that's reached out and also the reviews as well. Quite a few people are contacting me on the email info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, again, uh, helping quite a few people out there actually find land and properties here. Um, for anyone that's listening, I am not a realtor, more of an investment consultant here, helping give people perspective uh, about investing here as well. Also working on some interesting projects in Playa Negra, Hacienda uh, Panilla, and also my own I would say passion project up in San Gerardo de Dota in the Southern Highlands there. So anyone that wants to get in contact with me, you can info at investingcostarica.com. Uh, anyway, let's get straight into the podcast. Good morning, Christina. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Thanks for taking the time to uh, come back on the podcast. I know we've, we've had you on a couple of times, but I thought it was uh, about time that we had an update. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. Well, as I mentioned, it's been a few months, I think, since we last talked. You know, we've been waiting for more information on the digital nomad visa, the investor visa. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just updating us, where, where are we at with both those? Okay, so both new laws have passed. You know, they have been signed by the president. They have been published, so they are enforced. But uh, immigration has not yet implemented uh, any of those two laws. So they, uh, in both cases, you know, a new law establishes new benefits for the investors and reduce the threshold required from $200,000 to $150,000 for investment purposes. And uh, the other law was to create the new category for digital nomads. Well, in both cases, the law established that immigration is supposed to, you know, implement new regulation to implement exactly the new category and the new benefits for investors. This has not happened. So immigration is late as always, I will no say. No way, no way. Right, what late a surprise. But I, mean, but I have to be honest, they are also doing good thing. I mean, they're speeding things up on the digital platform. They are, we have seen cases resolved within a couple of months or even a few weeks in the case of Estancia Visa. So it's not all bad. I will say they're working a lot, but yes, they are definitely not working on implementing the digital nomad, at least not that we know. We inquire every time we go to immigration, I'm like, hey, how is that? And the response is always, yeah, we are supposed to create a new department. We are planning on hiring like 40 people, but nothing happened yet okay and as to the investor the law also established that they are supposed to create a speed platform to receive residency applications from investors but it has not happened yet mm. uh, what i would like to uh, address is the two topics separately because there are some differences and different consequences uh, related to the fact that immigration have not implemented has not implemented the two laws so let's start with investor residency. As you know, and we have already discussed this in other podcasts, 
investors are eligible for a temporary residency of two years, which can then be renewed upon demonstration that they still own the investment. The, the new law establishes that the threshold has been reduced up to $150,000. So the big question is, can I, yeah, can I already apply if my investment is only 150 or do I still need the $200,000? $200, so what we are doing with our clients, if they have just $150,000, we're saying them, go forward. It's, yeah. I mean, you cannot be held accountable for the delays of immigration. And the, the Supreme Court has established in similar occasion that the lack of regulation or uh, procedure to implement the law should not um, prevent the application of the law. So I can see, I'm, the law already states that a person is eligible for a temporary residency with an investment of $150,000. That does not need any further regulation to be implemented. It's just the law. Right. And immigration has not the authority to change that. So my interpretation and what you're saying to our client is, you can already submit your application even though you don't meet the old threshold yeah. because the new threshold is already you know, established under the new law. So well, that's you would, one thing. You would think that that would be pretty easy for immigration to just change the number 200,000, 150,000, and then we're done, of course. And again, I'm simplifying things, I'm sure, but maybe it's as simple as that. But then there are some other benefits in that law with regards to two, you know, two motor vehicles, also exactly. a container. And I'm sure that, that part has not been sorted out, right? No, it does not. And it is not only up to immigration, it is also up to customs. Yep. So we haven't seen that. We don't know how that will be implemented. We hope it will be implemented soon, but there is no news on that front either. So say say I'm applying for that 150,000. I've bought a, I don't know, a condo here, piece of land for 150,000. I'm going to apply for that. Say I'm just applying, it's probably good. Let me just apply for residency at this moment. Can I still get the benefits potentially of that, of bringing the motor vehicles in and also the container later when they do actually sort this out, do you think? I will say yes, because I don't see how they could say, no, you cannot because we were late and implemented the law. The law sure. is already there. Sure. So you should be able to benefit. You cannot now because there are not the procedures. So customs cannot help you, you know, with that because there are not a procedure. What the law states is that basically once immigration grants a residency to investors or the same applies to rentistas and retirees because the incentives you are, we're, we are referring to applies also to those categories. But focusing on investor, once you are, you are granted the condition as investor, immigration is supposed to notify the tax administration so that they can um, take note and basically implement you know, and allow you to benefit from incentives. How this will work, we have no idea. Okay, if you have an investor visa here, or yeah, I mean, investor visa, can you work here in Costa Rica? Not really. So temporary residencies do not include the permit to work. But I mean, our interpretation is that if you have an investment, you can still work within the context of the investment, right? So if you buy a property and you want to manage it as a vacation rentals, of course, you can do that. This is yeah. how we interpret it. The other thing, remember that there is a difference because between working as an employee and being a shareholder of a Costa Rican corporation. Any foreigner can own a Costa Rican corporation. 
and that Costa Rican corporation can operate even though the foreigner has no work permit. So you could still incorporate a Costa Rican corporation and have other people working for that. And then you as a shareholders will, you know, be entitled to receive the dividends and, you know, the income generated by the corporation. Yeah, I mean, the dividends, are gonna, you're going to have to pay a 15% withholding tax. Um, and I also believe that can be creditable in the US as well. Uh, if you're there, you can have a CPA here write a letter and that can be credited towards your taxes in the US. Um, you know, and I mean, basically, the way to do it is that you pay yourself dividends, you know, which you can do when you define is the right time to do it. And also, as you can, the company can pay your expenses. So car, exactly. you know, again, all of those expenses exactly. that's required. And so. those are all deductible. And so, yep. yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's well, a good way to do that. So investor visa, just a summary here, if you've invested 150,000, go ahead with the process, they're still sorting out basically all of the tax free benefits of vehicles. Uh, and um, you can apply for that later. So uh, now, with regards to let's just stay on that. I mean, how much red tape do you think is going to be involved in um, bringing in vehicles and taxes just because we know Costa Rica love I mean any government loves red tape and bureaucracy and forms, you know, and Costa Rica is no different if not more complicated so in your opinion, how much red tape do you think is going to be involved and do you think it would be better that you pay someone to manage that process. I don't think it will be better to hire someone. I think it will be essential. So you will definitely need a custom agent to to manage everything yep. and to help you with you know with that. Uh, I don't know how much red tape will be involved. I guess you know yeah. I will not be surprised if there will be a lot of red tape. Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, and again, Costa Rica is full of custom agents here, so it's very easy. I've dealt with them yes. numerous times. It's great, actually. My I have a family member who's a custom person so yeah i mean sometimes he brings stuff i'm like wow that was really cheap but i don't ask questions uh <laughs> as with most things in costa rica just don't ask questions um okay and i mean if i'm applying for residency i mean even investor residency or any other different type what are, how does family codependence how does that stuff work for that okay if you're applying for a temporary residency as investor rentista retiree or business executive of a corporation you can include your family members as codependents. So okay. your spouse, doesn't matter if same sex or different sex, and your children up to 25 years old. Okay. So you can include them in that. How does it work with like, I can't remember the word for this, but like someone that you've lived with for 25 years, but you're not married. Does Costa Rica see that common law, I think that they call it, uh, without being married, but like, you know, as we say, if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, you know, it's a duck. So, I mean, if you've been living together for 25 years, whatever, I mean, is it really that different than being married? But like, how does the government get or the, you know, um, immigration guys? Well, yeah, at the moment they request a marriage certificate as one of the requirements and okay. it has to be apostyle or legalized depending on the country. So I don't see common so Okay, your answer is no to that one. able to meet yep. that requirement. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had that question come up the other day. So, uh, and I was like... But we love getting people married here in Costa Rica, just in case. You know. It's very easy to do. don't get married just for residency, but, you know, maybe yeah. if you're being postponing that, why not? Hey, it takes about five minutes. I uh, had uh, my, my friends did it yesterday. They got married last night. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a mild headache this morning um from that one so yeah so 
Um, okay, so I think that answers everything that we have kind of on that side. Let's just jump across the digital nomad visa. As I know, you know, there are a lot of people currently here in Costa Rica that are still kind of waiting for this or like, you know, they're leaving the country every 90 days. I mean, where are we at with the digital nomad, nomad visa? We are still at uh, the point that it has not been implemented. And while we can say that the investor threshold is already you know, enforced, we cannot say the same for digital nomad because there's no way for them to request the visa unless the immigration implements a procedure and a protocol for that. We don't know the final requirement because the law stated that immigration is supposed to issue regulations saying how the process will work, what the exact requirements will be. We have general uh, indication in the law, but final details shall be established by the immigration and have not done yet. Okay. So uh, digital nomads have basically two options. One, you know, continue coming here on a tourist basis, but they should not be working at at least not in a permanent way. They could work occasionally, and I would like to get back to this later. Yep. Uh, but, or they can find another category that suit them. For example, there is uh, the general category of Estancia Visa, which allow people to work here if they are invited by a Costa Rican corporation to provide services, and if they will not be payroll, not be on the payroll of the Costa Rican Corporation, and the Costa Rican Corporation will not be paying a salary. So let's say that you come to Costa Rica and you want to work on a project with the Costa Rican Corporation. Let's say that you have a potential business partner uh, that wants to come here and discuss with you a project and doesn't want to leave every three months. You, with your corporation, could sponsor him saying, hey, I need um, Mario Rossi from Italy to come here and help me develop a project. I will not be paying him any salary. I will just take care of his food and accommodation expenses. With that and other requirements, such as, you know, as always, a criminal background check, birth certificate of, of Mario, and so on, he could obtain a one year permit to come here and develop the project with you. So that's, uh, that is also a fast procedure because resolution times can be very fast. We have seen Estancia visa resolve within a couple of weeks. And once you obtain the ID of the Estancia visa, you can homologate your foreign driver license, you can open a bank account, and, you know, yep. it's very similar to the position of a residence, but for the fact that it cannot be converted into a permanent residency. So as a temporary resident, after three years as temporary resident, you can be eligible for a permanent residency. If you have had an Estancia visa for three years, it doesn't matter. You still cannot apply for a permanent residency because it's a special permit. Yep. But this is the, I think, the easiest, um, the, the category that is easier to, to reach yep. if you are a digital so, nomad, I will say. So say this. Um, I don't know. I have a company here in Costa Rica, but I also have a company in the US. I have an employee in the US that I'm paying and they want to come to Costa Rica and, and advise or consult to that company. I could still pay them in the US and they could come and work here on this visa and stay here for a year here in Costa Rica. Exactly. This is exactly like that. Okay. Uh, one um, clarification is that the sponsor company must be an active company here in Costa Rica, and it must have at least one employee on its payroll, which is okay. not the person, not the expert, but a different person. One Caja employee. On one Caja employee, exactly. Okay, okay, awesome. 
Um, but it, I mean, it just sounds like we're kind of a digital nomad visa is a holding pattern at the moment. Um, I mean, if you're here, it's either that Estancia visa, which again, I think is a little bit more complicated if you're just a random digital nomad that wants to come to Costa Rica and stay because you need the Costa Rican corporation to, you know, sponsor you. Um, but I mean, I, I suppose the other way about looking at this is just that like, hey, you, know, you can come here for 90 days, you're gonna have to leave after 90 days, spend 72 hours in outside Costa Rica, go and visit Panama, Nicaragua, go back, go to Mexico, and then come back in mm -hmm. for 90 days. There is no longer the 72 hours requirement. You okay. could just leave the country, stamp your passport and come back. You mean go across the Nicaraguan border, go across the Panamanian border, cross, get your stamp and come back in. Exactly. Okay. And the other thing that I was mentioning before is that the definition of tour of tourism of the World Tourist Organization is that a tourist is a person who visits a foreign country for pleasure, for family reason, or for occasional work. Okay. So if you're coming to Costa Rica on a tourist visa, you could still perform professional activities as long as they are not remunerated in the country and they are occasional. So, of course, we should not have a perpetual tourist working here on a tourist no. visa because that sure. will not be occasional. But if it's just, you know, coming here and at the end of the day, this is what I'm also telling to other digital nomads. I mean, you're, you want to relocate to Costa Rica. You want to come and live here. Costa Rica is just not ready to receive you as a digital nomad. So, but you could still start coming here to look for a place and start working here for your foreign corporation while Costa Rica implements the law. And then you can, you know, come here on a permanent basis, request the digital nomad visa and, and request it for you, your family. As it, yeah. It's going to sound weird in the middle of a podcast, but let me just check my dog's not digging a hole in my garden because I just had new grass put down and he drives me, she's driving me nuts. Please do that. We have no holes in this. Oh no, we do have holes in the garden. But it's in the dirt. It's in the dirt. We're good. Sorry, I know that's Bring the most your random dog thing. In. Bring Sorry? your dog. Uh, she's a Costa Rican street terrier, as we call them. But she likes to dig holes. Um, okay. And yeah. So uh, anyway, hey, it's a dog. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's great information. Random question, uh, which I think I know the answer to, just because I've just applied with you guys for citizenship here in Costa Rica. I'm about to become a Tico, hopefully, if they accept me, even though I did try and sue the Costa Rican government. So I don't know how that's going to go with regards to that. The medio catalad against the QR code. That was me. Uh, everyone's <laughs> like, that was you, Rich? And I was like, yeah, it was, yeah unfortunately it was. But anyway, um, how after after when can you apply basically uh, for citizenship here in Costa Rica? Okay, yeah, it depends on the country you're from and on your condition. For example, if you are married to a Costa Rican, then you can apply after two years of marriage with a Costa Rican. And then if you are a foreigner who has been living here, uh, you know. Um, permanent on a temporary and a permanent residency uh if i'm not wrong it's seven years yep. uh, unless you come from some uh, region of central america then the requirement is i think three years i will have to double check that but in, i can gladly do that and if somebody's interested just send me an email and i'm sure you're going to provide my contact and i can provide further information i don't know why the years of the student never i mean i know the I seven years I, it's seven years, right? But I don't know why every time I say it's seven years, I'm like, is it seven years though? So I think it, because in my mind, it should be shorter. It should be five years. That's yep. maybe why, but yeah, anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, again, anybody that's, that has residency here that's looking for citizenship, uh, if you've had, again, depending on the type of residency, just contact uh, uh, Christina here and she'll be able to help you. 
Um, Christina, where is your favorite place to go in Costa Rica? Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit off the beaten track that you go that like, you know, is your, is your place, your special place? Well, I live uh, part of the time in San Jose and another part of the time in Nozara. So excluding those places that I love, I will say I like a lot Manuel Antonio yep. and Arenal Lake. Yep. I love those two places. Yeah. It's amazing the Arenal Lake has not developed more, um, you know, just because it is, it is beautiful. Um, but you know, I mean, it gets a little windy up there sometimes as well, but it's, I mean, it's spectacular. You know, I found a five acre farm up there the other day, very small farm. And the person wanted $50,000 for it. I offered 25, they rejected it because it doesn't have water. Um, but I know how oh, to get the yeah. water on it, but yeah, anyway. So, uh, no, it's amazing. Uh, I really love. I mean, what are you invested in? What are you looking to invest in, in Costa Rica, uh, Christina, just to give the, you know, listeners a bit of perspective here. Okay. Well, uh, in the last year, I, of course, have invested in Cribo, our a new firm, yep. and I'm planning on investing in real estate. I don't know yet if in San Jose or Nozara, or maybe both places, if I can, I'm not sure, but we'll see, fingers crossed it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we were speaking with Roberto Meza uh, the other day, uh, you know, uh, on the last podcast about that area. We were talking about, you know, like Garza, Delicias, Playa Pelad, Ostia now, those areas kind of north and south. Because like Guiones there by Nosada is just insane in price. I mean, just ridiculous, you know, a thousand square meters for a million dollars. But actually the other day, uh, I was at lunch with a lawyer the other day. They were talking about, I believe it was like a thousand square meters in Santa Teresa for five million dollars, which was insane. I mean, it's like everybody's drunk. So uh, in those two areas, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to the north and south of Nasada. Exactly, uh, Las Delicia was used to be cheaper and a very good place to invest. Yep. But now, you know, since there are no lots anymore, basically in Palada and Guiones, affordable lots at least. Yep then even Delicia became very expensive. So people are moving north uh, direction like Ostional or even further and yep. Playa Azul. So yeah. Yep. So I think um, the next Nozara development is gonna be north in the Ostional area. I went to Playa Azul like 17 years ago when they were building that resort, that plastic kind of beachfront yeah. resort there. Yeah. We looked at buying a home there and we decided in the end to go to Coco because it was just in the middle of nowhere. But um, I can only imagine what it would be worth now if we'd have ended up buying it. But anyway. I think the, the main reason why prices in Ostinal are still affordable yep. is that the road to, to go from Guiones to Ostinal is not paved yet. Yep. And there are a few bridges that you have to cross. And during the rainy season, in some days, it is not even possible to get to Ostinal. Yeah, true. So it's, it, it will be good for people to invest now because I will hope that eventually they will pave the road and there will be good bridges to cross and then the value of the property will, of course, increase a lot. Definitely, definitely. So if you invest, if you had $500,000, you inherited $500,000 and had to invest it into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, Christina, what would you do with it and why? I will buy a land, yep. build a property for my family and a dependence that we will say or a little house for guests so that I could make an income out of the little house while living in the bigger house. Where would you do that? Uh, well, Nazar, I would say my husband has a business there, so I will 
and most of our clients are in Nazara too, so I will be okay. there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Christina, thank you very much again for your time. This was very informative. I'm sure that anybody that's listening uh, is, is basically a uh, residency expert now, but I will put of your, all of your contact details in the descriptions. Um, and again, thank you very much for your time, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. It was always, a, it is always a pleasure and it was lovely. Thanks very much, Christina. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, another great podcast there with Christina, uh, full of information. Remember, if you want to get in contact with Christina at Cribo, that's K, well, C-R-I-B-O, uh, all of her contact details are in the description uh, down below. Or you can just type in Christina Cribo, C-R-I-B-O, Costa Rica, uh, and you'll get to their website there as well. Um, thanks very much for all of the support, guys, that you've given. Uh, as I said, I'm getting quite a few emails here on future stuff. We're going to be covering, actually, I've got a, another podcast this week where we're going to go over closing the closing process and also the closing costs as well. Uh, that was a request uh, from Bruce. Big shout out there, Bruce, um, about that. So if there's anything else you'd like me to cover, uh, feel free to email me, info at investingcostarica.com. Quite a few are actually emailing me uh, as well, uh, and then also kind of just jumping on some Zoom calls with me to take a look at some deals that they've got, stuff that looking to invest in, uh, just to get a bit of perspective, or anyone looking to invest here uh, and just kind of just want some help. So uh, appreciate all the contacts there, guys. Big shout out. Uh, we recently did a podcast about Pancake, pancake.live. It's a co-designing space. Um, so basically, when you have a room that you'd like to design, you kind of take a picture uh, and co-design live with interior designers. I wanted to give those guys uh, a shout out. They've been good big supporters of the podcast as well. They were on our last one with Roberto Meza. Um, and here, again, guys, here for anything you need. Uh, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.